This Seattle Medium podcast is sponsored by the Port of Seattle. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com. The Central District Community Preservation and Development Authority is in the process of completing their vision for the McKinney Center for Community and Economic Development, and they are ready to hire a new CEO. When they talk about the organization and two events that they are hosting this weekend is Dr. Rayburn Lewis of the CDC PDA. Good morning, Dr. Lewis. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well, and yourself? Uh, it's just fabulous. Thank you very much. That's good. Dr. Lewis, uh, first of all, can you tell our listening audience a little bit about uh, the CDC, PDA, uh, your mission, and your vision? You bet. The uh, Central District Community Preservation Development Authority, doing business as the McKinney Center for Community and Economic Development, was uh, formed uh, about four years ago by the state legislature. Uh, a group of uh, leaders in the Central District uh, sought to revitalize uh, the building, which has been, uh, which is over 50 years old, uh, and with the help of the 37th district, uh, was able to put together a uh, a plan which <clears throat> formed the uh, uh, the preservation development authority, uh, and uh, then uh, was able to move the building, which at that point was owned by Seattle Colleges, to the authority. So this building on uh, 21st and Jackson is owned outright by the community and managed by, uh, by our, uh, our council and <clears throat> is in the process of being revitalized and uh, uh, reconditioned and hopefully to, uh, to be back in its prominent place in the community. We are uh, uh, a, the organization is uh, a uh, preservation development authority is somewhat like a, uh, uh, a semi-autonomous state agency uh, and department where we actually have uh, the ability to, uh, to manage, to raise funds. We cannot uh, raise taxes, but we're able to solicit uh, grants and uh, philanthropic gifts from the community and from government. The uh, 13 board members are from the community in a various, various range and <clears throat> have been uh, working really hard over the last three years, if you can imagine, uh, starting our, uh, our work in the midst of the pandemic. For two years, almost all of our meetings have been virtual, but more recently we've been able to put together uh, in-person meetings to be able to go forward. The objective sure. is to, is to uh, improve economic and um, community uh, development and, as I said, regain its prominent role uh, in the Central District. Right. And, uh, Dr. Lewis, speaking of that, you know, you guys are setting up in the old SBI building. 
uh, in the situation. And there are people who are wondering what you guys are planning to do with the space. Can you talk a little bit about um, the vision that you guys have for utilizing that building? You bet. In the past, you know, it, it started the old OIC movement, which started back in <clears throat> a, um, in uh, the 60s and 70s. The vision was for the building to act as an educational hub, uh, if you would, for uh, moving uh, black and brown uh, citizens in the Central District into uh, uh, first entry level and then higher paying jobs in the building trades, uh, the medical uh, medical field uh, and, and other uh, services that uh, and in construction and such that that uh, would uh, improve the economic well-being of the of the people in the area. What has happened uh, over the years, of course, is that things have changed. The building um, was being used by Seattle colleges for uh, education, and, and those. Uh, those services have moved. We envision going forward, though, to reestablish uh, the, the 21st century version of those with um, uh, looking at the opportunity to have education uh, related to high tech, um, uh, the, uh, in, in not only in things like uh, coding and such, but really looking at um, the uh, the industrial side of technology and, and such. We also have the ability to, um, to create the opportunity for, uh, for hosting market rate businesses. The, uh, the building itself has the ability to be modified to hold both uh, uh, regular businesses as well as small startups. So we envision about 60% of the building uh, being uh, rented out and used for uh, tenants that are, um, that are uh, paying and working in regular businesses uh, and looking for an anchor tenant, for example, that would, uh, that would uh, fill the role of not only uh, serving as a, an economic base for us, but also uh, participating in the education of the community. The interesting thing about the building is that it's, uh, it's uh, in the historical part is that it was built in two parts, the first four floors and the top two floors. And we're finding that our, uh, with our engineering reports that, the, uh, that there are significant amount of improvements that need to be done, approximately 15 to $25 million worth of work to be done in the building. So uh, part of what we're doing now is working with uh, local uh, engineering firms, uh, uh, a couple of architects that were involved in building the building originally, Sam Cameron and Don King, and uh, re-looking at how versatile we can ha be in that building. We already know we're going to host, for example, some, uh, some small businesses in the area that have said we'd love to be in that building in its central area, and we have some uh, nibbles from some larger organizations as well, companies as well, that w as well that want to take advantage of our location and w as well as the fact that there is an increasing interest in uh, serving uh, black and brown uh, residents in the area uh, from a standpoint of employment uh, and uh, ultimately also being able to uh, support housing in the area. Right. Now, uh, Dr. Lewis, uh, you guys have two events this weekend. 
one of which um, is a historical collection event. Uh, but the other one that I want to talk about first um, is one that you guys are going to host regarding the three finalists to be the CEO of the organization. Yes, yes, indeed. We have been so fortunate uh, to have uh, these three finalists. We started the search for our chief executive officer last summer, um, and we interrupted the uh, search in the fall uh, because we uh, had to assure ourselves that we had a long enough runway of revenue uh, to be able to hire someone and keep them at least for a couple of years uh, as we continued to develop. We've been fortunate to work with, the, uh, with our, our current chief operating officer, uh, James King, and the 37th District put together enough uh, uh, income that we have two years of operating funds. So we resume the search, and we have three candidates. Um, James Bush, who uh, is uh, with the Seattle, uh, Seattle Public Schools, uh, Janice Davis-Lee, a uh, long-term uh, time uh, resident, uh, born and raised uh, in the area, and uh, the daughter of uh, uh, the late Bishop uh, Nathaniel Davis, and uh, uh, Sade Moore, who is a, a, the current vice president of our board, who uh, has uh, been very prominent in terms of, of working in the community and community uh, services. So we have three phenomenal candidates. They, we can't go. We can't go wrong at all with these. We have uh, the sort of the best of the best here, and we will be interviewing tomorrow, uh, both in, in person and uh, in a hybrid uh, video sense, from 9 a.m. until 2. Uh, the public is invited. Uh, being a um, a basically a public authority, this process uh, uh, not only lends itself but invites transparency. So there is a role for uh, non-board members to be able to interact uh, with these three candidates. And uh, their uh, profiles can be found on uh, our website, uh, McKinney Center, um, at the McKinneyCenter.com. That's M-C-K-I-N-N-E-Y-C-N-T-R.com. And you can see, see that as well as the venue uh, going forward. Right. Now, uh, where will the meeting take place, and how can people access it online? You bet. The uh, building, uh, the, there, as I said, the in-person part of the building of the uh, meeting tomorrow will occur at 2120 South Jackson, uh, which is the site of the building, uh, the first and the second floor. Uh, we've been able to keep open to the public while the top four floors are closed, and uh, that will start at 9 o'clock you know, on the second floor uh, conference room. And as I said, the... Um, the uh, hybrid uh, video portion uh, can be found. Uh, there is a link at uh, the McKinneyCenter.com website, uh, and you're able to uh, to click on that and be able to join us uh, virtually. All right. And what is the format of the meeting? Will um, there be a roundtable discussion? Will people be able to ask uh, you know questions while they're there? What does that look like? You bet. Each of the candidates will make a presentation. Uh, separately, and uh, then uh, after each presentation, there will be directed questions by uh, specific members of the board, and then it will be open to the community. Uh, anyone, uh, there will be a short 
section where community members can typically ask questions that will be relevant to the choice. It's a long session from 9 to 2, but I, I, I guarantee you, as I said, the, the candidates are just excellent candidates. And if you read their bios, you'll see that uh, we've, had, uh, we've been blessed by uh, good work by our search firm and the uh, search committee. All right. And, Dr. Lewis, you guys also have uh, what you guys are terming a history collection event on Saturday as well. Can you tell us a little bit about this project and how people can participate? Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's, uh, briefly, the, uh, we were uh, blessed with a grant uh, a little over a year ago uh, to collect information on the building uh, in terms of its, its physical history, uh, the the building itself, and the uh, social and economic history that goes back to the mid-1960s. And the, uh, the result of that is that we have a couple of documents uh, that, are, uh, that have been collected, and it is uh, the recommendation of the, uh, of the history committee, uh, to, uh, which, which was uh, facilitated by Sylvia Hadnot and included uh, uh, Reverend Laverne Hall and Stephanie Johnson Tolliver, Craig Johnson, Chardonnay Beaver, and Jill Friedberg. That group has suggested that we actually collect even more information. So tomorrow from 12 to 3, overlapping uh, somewhat with these interviews, but uh, uh, is uh, the ability for community members uh, at, the, at the building and also uh, in a hybrid sense to be able to come and uh, tell their own stories uh, of their interaction with the building and its history and to add to what will be a very, uh, a very well-documented history of the building that will reside in the building after it opens. Wow. All right. Well, Dr. Lewis, before I let you go, uh, two things. The first one is I'm going to ask you to give the time and the date uh, and location again of both events which take place this Saturday. Sure, you bet. The... Uh, Interviews uh, and presentations of finalists for the chief executive officers from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, at the uh, 2120 South Jackson Street, the McKinney Center, uh, formerly known as SVI. And it's also uh, online, uh, and that online link can be found at mckinneycenter.com, uh, which is our website. And uh, from uh, noon to 3, uh, History Collection, also at 2120 South Jackson Street. Uh, both of these are open to the community. Uh, and the, um, uh, the, if you go to our, that website again, you can find information that will allow you to be online with the History Collection as well. All right. Well, Dr. Lewis, I want to thank you for joining us on today's show, but more importantly, um, thank you and the rest of the board members and all of you involved. Uh, with this uh, CDC PDA for, you know, getting a, you know, getting us to this point, but also getting us, pointing us to the future. Things like this just don't happen overnight. I know there's been a lot of, of work and, you know, fundraising and political maneuvering that have went into securing this building. Um, but you guys have really put forth uh, a vision that you guys have stuck with that really, I think will benefit our community for generations to come. So I want to thank you all for that. I appreciate it, Chris. And final note, uh, I want to give uh, thanks to you and the other folks for, uh, for, uh, for uh, being right there with us. 
We will need, we'll be out uh, looking for new board members. Uh, our elections for new board members occurs uh, in August and September of this year. And also a special thanks to our public affairs group. Uh, 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 George Griffin and G3 and Associates have been great in getting the word out there uh, about us. So thank you very much. All right. Thank you. And have a great weekend.